0: broadcast of Kingdom Authority with your host, Rev. Dancia Jones-Morris. Tune in each Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via Vlog Talk Radio through Kingdom Apartment Incorporated. Follow Dancia on Facebook at Morris or DanciaJay.com. You can also call your host and guest at area code 646 2413. Thank you for joining Kingdom Authority. authority. And now here's your host, power. Rev. Daniel Jones-Moore. Kingdom, authority, power, kingdom,
2: kingdom authority. Power. territory.
0: Kingdom,
2: authority, power, territory. Kingdom. Authority. Power. Mm-hmm. territory. kingdom,
1: authority,
2: power. Welcome, welcome to Kingdom Authority broadcast on tonight. I am your host, Reverend Dancia Jones Morris. Listen, I am super excited about tonight, and I'm so glad you took the time to join in on the Kingdom Authority broadcast. That is KAB. We're out here on tonight, this wonderful night. Daylight Savings has changed our time once again to 6 o'clock p.m. until daylight changes again. So I want to make sure you continue to join us at Kingdom Authority, Kingdom, of, Kingdom Empowerment, Incorporated, under the heading of Reverend Dr. Donna Ghani of Brooklyn, New York. I am super excited about tonight. We're talking about winning in marriage for real, y'all. It's about time that we win in marriage for real and not just talk about it, but be about it. We have some awesome, awesome, wonderful, very dear to my heart, I'm going to get a chance to tell them that very often, dear-to-my-heart guests on tonight, and they are going to help us in marriage, when it comes to marriage and how to win in marriage. And I'm not talking about arguments. We're talking about together, being together. I thank you again for joining tonight. It is a wonderful night to bless the Lord and take authority in your territory it a wonderful night to be able to say that we can communicate in a way that's going to advance our marriages. And so on tonight, we want to focus on that. I also want to make sure that um, we answer some questions on tonight. Some people have sent me some questions, and we'll make sure to get those answered on tonight. And we're going to have our guests really talk about some things regarding um, marriage, some things regarding husbands, wives just the overall family and what we can do to last. That's what it's about, lasting. So let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we glorify you and praise you. We thank you for being El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough. We thank you for being the Son of God, the Son of Man, the Son of Mary, the Son of the Most High. And, Father, you are God, but yet you are Jesus as well. So thank you for being Jesus, our Jehovah Jehovah Jireh, thank you, O oh God, for being a banner over us. We say thank you for being the Almighty, the All Knowing, the Bridegroom, the wonderful Christ that you are. Thank you for being Elohim. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, O oh God, for being our peace, our strength, our joy. Thank you for being our refuge. Thank you for being a strong tower. We can lean on you. Thank you, oh God, for being salvation. Hallelujah. Thank you for being the ancient of days, the holy one of Israel. Oh, you are our rock. You are our shield. You are our fortress. You are our shelter, and I thank you because you are definitely my all in all. I never would have made it without you, and so thank you. Thank you, oh God. Every time I think about by the time I think about what I came through, Lord, I bless you because you know me, knew what I needed, knew how to fix me, and I glorify you. So God, we lift up marriages right now. Father, as we go into this broadcast, we thank you for your loving power.. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you for your loving power. Father, we just honor you. We honor you on this evening, and we just claim in the name of Jesus that Lord. We move and we do win in marriage, for real. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Oh, we thank God for his wonderfulness, his greatness, his goodness. I'm telling you, I can just go on about who God is and who he has been and who he will forever be in my life and for this world. He is our creator, I'm telling you. He knows all about us. And he created marriage. Isn't that wonderful? He is the creator, the author, and the finisher of marriage. <laughs> so whatever you do, don't think you can do this without God. So let me just quote because there's so much that our, um, our guests can bring to the table on tonight. And so I want to just say this quote. In too many marriage conflicts, we work too hard at winning the argument and too little at winning the heart. And one thing I've learned, we have to win the heart. We have to win each other's heart and be loving and understanding, and then give room and give place for each other to be who we are. It's so wonderful. And I'm, I'm just glad. So I'm talking about this because I've learned so much through this couple, um, this man and woman of God, and I'm excited about them being I'm, – I'm truly – I don't even know if there's a word. I'm more than excited about them being on. I couldn't wait for this particular episode um, broadcast because – they have really helped me in my marriage, and I am excited about the fact that they are able to share on tonight, and I'm going to push a lot of you to this, this um, particular um, uh, counseling ministry. That's what I'm going to ca- call it, counseling ministry, because there's so much that they bring, not just in the Tucson area, but throughout this, this um, world and I'll tell you, for those who are listening, especially over in Ghana for joining, but I want you to understand there are some people who understand practically and who understand spiritually what it takes in marriage. And as they uh, matriculate through this wonderful thing called marriage, they help others. It's, so, it's such a wonderful dynamic. And so this woman and man of God, New Destiny um, Church International, and I want you to know that... Um, they are, they are, I don't even know the word, they are really a force to be reckoned with in the spiritual realm, and yet a force to be reckoned with in the natural. They help, and they're about kingdom building. And so I I want, I want you to, to greet them. I want them to come on to greet you all. But I want to tell you their heart, what I've learned, their heart is is pure. And what I mean by that in the sense that they're open to helping those, even when we're struggling, they kick us in our behinds when we need to be kicked. They say the word of God. They say some practical things. And as business people, um, I watch them and they are not to be messed with. I'm going to tell you that now. And I mean that in the goodness of, because we need some people that have a business sense, but have a kingdom sense at the same time. And this cup has that. Not only that, I know them to be um, people who are educated, people who are educated, people who understand the natural, the practical, the, um, I I don't know what the word is, but they're almost educators in their own right, and I don't know if they know that, but they help to educate a whole lot of us in the kingdom, not just in the kingdom, but in the area, this area that we are operating in, our own territory. And so I want to make sure that you understand, and this is speaking from my heart, not only are they pastors, not only are they apostle and prophet, not only are they business owners, but they are pushers, they're vision pushers. And so that, for me, the reason why I continued with with K A B is because of this man and woman of God. The reason why I step out the way I do and, and go in excellence is because they have pushed me with the little word it may have been with the look. Sometimes I'm gonna talk about that look in a little bit. There's a look that I'm Apostle gives, and there I want you to understand <laughs> they'll do these things, but they do it with love. But I, <laughs> it's so amazing, and so I want to introduce to you Apostle Arthur and Prophet. Linda Pigney, and they're on the line at this time. Hello. 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 No. Did you like that introduction? <laughs> yes, we like
3: that introduction.
1: Are we over here laughing? Like, who's she talking about? <laughs> Who looks like crazy? No, we love you, Dancia. Thank you so much for having us on.
2: Wonderful. I, am a, I I keep saying I'm excited, but I really am excited. I've been telling people this. I must have posted it like 10 or 15 times on Facebook and Instagram and all this stuff because and been telling and texting people, you need to join this one. If you didn't join another one, join this particular broadcast. So I'm excited to have you all. I'm going to say thank you now, and I'll probably say thank you later 100 times, I thank you for being who you all are and I've watched you over the years and you have been so um, transparent without being too too um you know saying too much about things but transparent enough for us to see you all and who you are and so I wanna say thank you for the Tucson, from the Tucson community if we never say it.
1: Thank you so much and we are both honored. Uh, to be a part of the broadcast today and are excited as well, very excited to share and to just see where God's going to take this today.
2: Well, wonderful. I'm going to give way for you all to just to both share something as um, you feel led, and we'll take about 15 minutes of that, and then also then we'll go into some questions that I have for for the both of you to answer, and you can answer how you how you feel led?
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much, um, Reverend Danzia. The, you know, I love that the the title for this radio uh, broadcast for tonight the theme is winning in marriage. And what God began to show show me and my wife is that one of the best ways to win at marriage is to recognize that the game is not over until you. And so one of the concepts that we've implemented here recently is the concept of halftime. And halftime is when you go into the locker room and figure out what's working and what's not working in order to make sure that you can correct those minor things that can cause you to lose the game. And so this concept of halftime to help us to win in marriage is essential. and I, We're going to talk about just a few um, points about some of the, um, the differences and even um, how our expectations um, really impact marriage and then just kind of dealing with some of the communication issues that happen. And so um, with that, I'm going to turn it over to Uh, and she's got a scripture and some things that she wants to start us off with or she's going to share what she wants to share. Let me not talk for her. My bad. Uh, You go, sweetie.
3: I'm going to jump right back into what he was saying concerning halftime because during a game at halftime we know that the team goes into the locker room and then they have to get instructions from their coach as to how they're doing and what they need to do. Um, better or how they need to maneuver themselves to win the game. And even in marriage, we have to be open to the leading of God, our coach, listening to him, because there's sometimes God telling us things that we need to do in our relationships and we're like, mm, yeah, I don't really want to do that. So being able to die to ourselves and what we think and listen to the coach and then acting on those things and um, in our acting on those things, it helps us to really win in marriage. And so I'm going to go to 1 Peter, the third chapter. And I know a lot of women, we you know, we really don't care for this scripture a whole lot because it says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. And oftentimes when we hear that word submission, it just has this really negative connotation to it. But if we listen to the scripture a little bit differently on tonight, we'll see that um, it's really uplifting for us wives, that we are making a difference in other people's lives just by our behavior. And the scripture goes on to read that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word, even though they don't hear the word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. In other words, women, our conduct, how we are treating our husbands, how others see us can win them over, I often say, I would rather uh see an example than or to hear to see a sermon than to hear a sermon. I want to see people walking things out, and so we have that same opportunity in this particular scripture to be that example to other women, so don't look at the word. Being submissive or submitting to your husbands as a negative thing, just say, hey, I'm being a walking, living example of what a wife should be to a husband.
1: Yeah, I I like that, babe. And then I like if you go down to verse 7 when it says, husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding and give honor to the wife as the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. And so when you look at that, we always hear a lot of men think that the weaker vessel means I get the boss, dog, or treat my wife any kind of way, and she got to do what I say. But they forget about where it says that, that Christ, we're supposed to love our wives as Christ loves the church. And so one of the things as a husband I've had to learn is that, one, I need to understand my wife. And I need to understand the dynamics of what's going on in this relationship. And then when it talks about, it talks about mutual submission as well. And so even when I look at it as the weaker vessel, I look at it from this perspective. I'm the one who got to do the hardest hardest work. And so that means that I have to go in to make things right if they're not right. I have to take the responsibility to fix things. And it doesn't mean that, the weaker vessel, that I get to steamroll her. But what it means is I have to be understanding and treat her the same way that Christ treats me. And so when she doesn't do the things that I want her to do and when, when it doesn't feel the way I want it to feel, I've had to look at it from the perspective that, God, what's happening? Where What's going wrong? And so one of the things that God talked to us about is in this halftime, you got to see what is the belief system that you're living under? Because sometimes, if you know, the Bible, not the Bible, but we've heard this by Miles Monroe. If you don't know the purpose of a thing, abuse is inevitable. And sometimes we don't understand the purpose of our marriage. Therefore, we begin to abuse our spouses. And we don't realize that there is this myth of marriage that God wants us to dispel. We think the purpose of marriage is to make us look good, so that we can have somebody on our shoulder when we do a ministry, um, so that we can get sex whenever we want it, so that somebody can work for us or do this or X, Y, or Z, so I can stay at home, I can have it, whatever the myth is. But we, don't, we forget that when we got married, we said for better or for worse. And so if you got for better or for worse on your side, then that means that you got to realize worse is coming. And so over our 29 years of marriage, we had to deal with some worse. Yes. Yeah. And one of the things that we had to deal with was understanding the differences. Baby, you want to talk about those differences?
3: Absolutely, um, because we're different. You know, the the ones are the things that attracted you to your spouse will be the very things that upset you about your spouse after you're married. So we often, you'll hear us say that opposites attract. And, and then, then they, they attack. Account. So uh, being just open about us, my husband, he's a talker. And I love that about him. But after we got married, those became some of our serious arguments, like you were just going on and on, or he was saying, well, you don't talk enough. And I'm like, yeah, and you talk too much. But that was the very thing that attracted me to him. And so we have to be really open about um, looking at the areas that that we were attracted to, because if not, we will start to build walls. In our relationship, we'll get upset, I, or I could get upset at him saying, well, you're just talking all the time, and you never let me get a word in. It's always about what you want, and then there's a wall that's built up in our relationship.
1: Well, you know, that's interesting, baby, because I I, I like the fact that you would let me talk when we first met and, and you were just so cool, and you just let me go on, and you made me feel like I was the best thing since sliced cheese. And, um, and it was interesting, and I was cool with you always listening. Mm-hmm. But then when we got around other people, I wanted you to be different. I wanted you to be like me. And I was, like, trying to make you me and trying to make you act like me when that's not who you were. And eventually we had to understand that these differences were causing a problem in the relationship. When mama come to visit, we would think something's wrong because her personality was quiet. But that's not the case. Nothing was wrong. But we make something wrong because of how we see our differences. So that was one of the things that we had to figure out is resolving our differences because those differences literally were the things that came from a place of expectation. I expected her to be like me. She was expecting me to be like her. And so, you, you know, I, there, is, there is three areas of expectations that could be lethal. Communications, well, let's say sex, communications, communications and, and money. money. Which one do you want to talk about, baby?
3: <laughs> I want to talk about communication.
1: Because mm-hmm.
3: oftentimes, um, I know maybe some of you have read the book, what is it, Men from Mars, Mars and women, women from, from Venus. Venus. Mm-hmm. That means we don't communicate alike. Women communicate differently from men. Um, studies have shown that women use just thousands and thousands of words, and men are a little more direct and straight to the point. Now, this is not always the case because some of you may say, well, that's me, or the other spouse may say, well, that's me. But women, we usually we want to give you a lot of details, and men don't want to hear that. It's like cut to the chase, and so we'll feel like they're not listening um, they don't understand us. We want them to sometimes be our girlfriends in our relationships, talk and well, that's not talk. necessarily how it's going to be. So we have to learn to communicate with one another.
1: Yeah, the other thing that I realize, sweetheart, is that a part of communication is then leads to how we resolve conflict.
3: Absolutely.
1: And a lot of times we're communicating with our baggage. And so because we're communicating with our baggage, then the expectations that we have comes from that place. And so, like, in our relationship, um, I would be feeling one kind of way because I had all this baggage. And when I'm trying to uh, communicate to you, I'm trying to, like I think uh, Reverend Dancy was talking about, a lot of times we're trying to win an argument. And so we were at one time always trying to win an argument. It was not until we realized that we needed to set our baggage down, because the baggage was the thing trying to make us win the argument. And when we set our baggage down, then we started to realize that as a team, we could win our marriage. And so the one of the ways that we began to win in marriage was to realize that we're in this together as a team And that I don't want to hurt you. I know you don't want to hurt me. So let's figure this thing out. And we've had many a talk, Danzie, where we did this corny thing called, what do you hear me saying? And we have to literally repeat back to the other person what we heard them saying. And we had to hear it without the filter of baggage.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: I think a lot of times people will listen from their baggage.
3: They listen from their baggage,
1: and then, wow. you know,
3: before you can complete a sentence, the person can really communicate. We've already formulated in our minds what we're going to say. I have a comeback. You know, there is a saying that we would say often, it's like I can make change for every dollar you hand me. But that's not the purpose of communication, not to give change, not a tip for a tax.
1: Yes. And
3: that's definitely when you are communicating through your baggage, but when you put it aside and you really listen. So even though it sounds kind of funny to say, what do you hear me saying? And having to repeat back to a person or to your spouse what they're saying, it's a wonderful exercise because even in that you'll find sometimes they're saying, that's not what I'm saying. Well, that's what I heard, but that's not what I'm trying to communicate to you.
1: Absolutely. And if you've had abuse in your life, if you've had rejection and abandonment in your life, then whatever your spouse is saying, many a times that's the filter that you're hearing it through. And then it begins to cause a deterioration in the relationship because you're not speaking clearly. And then you have this expectation that, well, you should do this or you should do this. And what happens, you know, a lot of times our baggage creates the expectations. And because I was broken and because I was wounded, then I need you to be with me 24 hours a day and that you can't be with nobody else uh, because I don't feel good about myself. I need you to keep telling me how great I am and how wonderful I am. But, see, the issue is that baggage then sets the expectations, and then that expectation will become the rule. And then the rule becomes the law. And here's what's really sad. Nobody never communicated the law. And then when the law was broken, it was broken. It, somebody wants to be punished. Somebody says, no, you got to be punished. And as a result, then we go into the, I'm going to shut down. I'm going to yell at you. I'm going to walk out the house. And so then we don't even know what happened. But it was from an expectation that literally derived from baggage. From
3: baggage. The other thing that you have to realize with expectations, oftentimes they're not even spoken. So – You're looking up at somebody, and they're sitting there going, what did I do? What did I say? What just happened here?
1: And then the other person says, well, you should know. you should know. You you know, I love her say, well, I ain't no mind reader. (laughs) 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 That is simple foolery. You know what? Sometimes you got to say, baby, I need you to touch me on my ear right here. Baby, I need for you to cook my food this way. Baby, I don't like it when you touch my toe. Whatever it is. Communicate. Communicate. <laughs> and it's like, but that's still so mechanical. Yeah. But it's communication. It's mechanical. Communi- and mechanical sure as heck beats shutting down and being locked in the prison. <laughs> yes, it does.
3: Yes, it does.
1: <laughs> so I love it. Are yeah, well, hey, that's how we love each other. And I'm going to tell you something, 29 Yeah. and it's not been easy. It's like, oh, don't repay evil for evil? evil. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the big one.
3: Yeah.
1: Even when I feel like I'm getting hurt or getting the raw deal, I'm still going to take her on date nights. I'm still going to take her to the movies. And if I feel too slighted, I may miss one time of asking her, but I'm going to get back on track the next time. I cannot repay evil for evil. And you know who taught me that? She taught me that. Tell them a little thing that you say, something about, I don't care what you do, I'm still.
3: You know, God has a way of just, um, when you're in your quiet time, he will really um, humble you, especially when it comes to relationships. And so just during times of prayer, he would say, just because your husband's not doing what you think that he should do, because that goes back to those unspoken expectations. Mm. Well, God, he didn't do this, so now I'm going to behave like this. And he said to me simply, I don't care what he does or does not do. It doesn't negate the fact that you are to behave the way you should behave regardless of what he does. And so that's been a principle that I tried very hard to live by.
1: She tries hard. She (laughs) tries hard. You know, and and the Bible says David behaved himself himself wisely. wisely. And that's just not in leadership, that's in relationship. So, Reverend Danzia, we could keep going, but I want to make sure that we are addressing what is needed for the people.
2: Oh, my. You are that and then some. I'm taking notes, actually, because (laughs) I feel like some of this I didn't get from y'all, so I'm trying to. Jot down some notes, and I just realized I got to go back to y'all again. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Let me just – do y'all have more to share? Because I know you talked about communication, but we really haven't hit on sex and money. Did you want to hit on that?
1: You know what? Yeah. You want to do money? I can do money. Go
3: ahead.
1: You know, I'd like to talk about sex. Go ahead. You pick what you (laughs) – all right, so – so here's the sex part. And, again, a lot of times our baggage tends to determine how we engage with people intimately and sexually. And if you're bringing in baggage from abuse, if you're bringing in baggage from um, just uh, too much promiscuality and all this other stuff from pornography, then it distorts the bed and it distorts the relationship. And one of the problems that many people face is they watch too much TV or too much pornography, and they think that that's the way sex is supposed to be. Now, I'm not telling you that you can't have no good sex. You should have the best sex, best sex possible. But when you try to make your sex life a porn movie, you got a problem. When you don't, evaluate, when you don't um, respect what your spouse needs and the barriers that may exist for your spouse, we have a problem, and I know there's been times where we've had to walk through the differences based on the baggage that we brought into the marriage because that sex thing will cause all kind of problems, and I'm with, as a couples, we got to really deal with this thing where we could be in church and speak in tongues, be all loud and emotional, but then when we get in the bed, we ain't got nothing to say. That's the problem because sex and intimacy should be a mirror of how we worship God. And so if we can't experience that same level of emotional connectivity with our spouse that we're experiencing with God, then we've missed the mark because sex is the one thing that he has given us that really mirrors the covenant, the veil, everything that our intimate relationship with God should. And so the expectations of sex, When it is pure, it can be perfect. And so the sex piece is huge. And, again, I and she both, we both had to learn how to get rid of some baggage. Healing takes place in the context of relationship. The baggage that God gave me was the opposite of the baggage that God gave her. Absolutely. And, Lord, did that make for a healing opportunity. And if you don't see it as a healing opportunity and you just see it as the way you are or you just see it as uh, it's doomed and you don't go into the locker room for halftime to get some things fixed, then you're going to have problems. Baby, talk about Go ahead. It
3: really goes right back into communication. Yep. Everything kind of funnels back to your communication. You know, oftentimes we'll read Hebrews 13 and four where the Bible tells us that um, the bed is undefiled, but there must be a mutual agreement in the bed. And so um, even as my husband was saying, you know, we start bringing certain things into our bedroom Mm -hmm. and there's not a mutual agreement about it. And that's just as bad as um, anything else that we can do. We should be in agreement, in agreement, and that's really important.
1: And working toward that agreement. And
3: working towards that agreement. If
1: there's something that one person needs or desires and the other person don't, it's not not an opportunity to force yourself. It's not an opportunity to lock yourself down. It's really an opportunity to grow and to figure out what's going on and how to get there. And I will tell you that if you do the work, the marriage and the sex can work. But if you don't do the work, you'll be stuck. And we have to be willing to talk about About it. it. Too many people don't talk talk about it. it.
3: Talk through it.
1: And they just suffer, and that's not a good thing.
3: Absolutely. I think it's important, too, as you were saying, we watch too much television, and we try to bring what's going on on the television into our relationships. You know, the two people in the relationship, are different than the people on television, and we know that ain't real anyway.
1: Right, because we got jobs, we work all day, we tired, we beat on fuss at each other about what we didn't do and how we got to do it, Absolutely. and then when we get home, we ain't ready to tear each other clothes off and somehow automatically, anatomically make love all over the place. I don't even know how they do all of that, but obviously it's television.
3: But you do have to have an agreement because we do work, we're busy, but just setting aside time, like if it's Wednesday or whatever, whatever works with your life and your lifestyle to make time for your spouse. It's very important.
1: And, you know, while we both have been working on our dissertations, that's one of the things that we've had to do because sometimes people are in ministry. And in in our counseling, we found out that a lot of people are so focused on achieving their goals that they're starving their spouse of the intimacy that they need. They're so busy serving their Jesus that they're forgetting to serve their spouse. They're so busy trying to get the degree that they forget their spouse, and then that leaves a big gap open for the enemy. And so there are times where we've had to say to each other, hey, I need this, and we need to make time for it to happen. And that's huge because if you don't do it, somebody else will.
3: And that's what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians. You know, those of us who are married, your goal is to please your spouse. Don't forget that. Your goal. your purpose is to please your spouse.
1: All right, could you just say that one more time, baby?
3: Your purpose is to
0: please your spouse.
1: See, that's what I love about her. She's so sweet. She just... <laughs> and so I know that's mine, too. And we got to hear that. And we have to hear it.
3: And sometimes that's hard to hear because you're saying we get so focused on our individual goals that we forget that the two have become
1: one. And God will a lot of times use those differences in intimacy, those differences in communications to highlight that you got a big scar or a big wound that needs to be healed because you're still acting like a spoiled brat thinking you're supposed to get everything that you want. And that's not the whole purpose of why God put you on this earth. He put you on this earth to give. And so sometimes we're so busy wanting to receive our way and get our way that we forget that God wants us to be a servant to the other. And so as a husband, if I'm supposed to deal with her as the weaker vessel, then her preferences have to become more important than my preference. But then if she's supposed to love me the way she loves God, then she's going to seek to please me. And then when both of those things are operating, we'll come into an alignment, and then we'll both get our needs met according to the word of God and according to our physical and natural needs. Finances. Finances. That was meant,
3: heavy, That was a lot. Yeah. That was. so <laughs> woo, that was good. That was good. That was good. Y'all, y'all go ahead. Go ahead. My answer really just pours back into communication because now this is my joke. Lord, <laughs> I says, I will say, what's mine is mine, and what's his is mine, right, women? You know, we often say that, but
1: that is true. <laughs>
3: But we can't be selfish, and we, have, we must sit down and talk and come into an agreement on how we will handle our finances, because if not, that could definitely um, cause a lot of stress
1: mm-hmm. in
3: your relationship.
1: So let me say this, baby, because one of the things that I know a lot of men struggle with is women who make more, more money, money than they do. And so when we first got married, you was really banking the money. You was I was you was a sugar bomb. And so, um but the thing was is that you never made me feel like less of a man. You honored me, your money at that time was our money.
0: And and so,
1: um and I think sometimes men feel insecure because maybe their spouse makes more money than them. But the relationship money is never a tool. Uh, to get the leverage or to get your point or to control. That's it. That can be used as control, and that's a sin. You can't do that. That's witchcraft. You know, I ain't giving you no money. You ain't do this. I ain't giving you no money. And so that's another area that men have to be very secure in. Um, And and you never know. Like now um, I'm the primary breadwinner, and truly what's mine is yours, and what's yours is yours. I don't even know what yours is. Um, praise God, you have an account all by yourself. I don't have an account all by myself. I have an account with us. And so y'all hear that, don't you? And so, uh, but we've learned to respect each other and to love each other. The other thing is I will say about you is that you don't just take advantage of the money. You don't just spend all the money and I come home trying to figure out where did this go? What happened to this. Now I ain't saying that, that ain't never happened where I ain't had to ask a question. What happened here? What was this? But for the majority of the time we have a good agreement on how we manage and deal with money. And so I think that's a huge piece of the puzzle. You got to not use money as a leverage to control and that your money should be used for your vision and for what God wants you to do as a couple.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yes.
3: And it goes right back to communication. You yes. have to sit down and communicate. Come up with a plan and work the plan that you both have agreed on. So I think sometimes mm. there's a plan in place, but then one says, well, I'm going to do what I want to do. And then that leads to argument. So.
1: Let me say this, so though. we're going to turn it back over to you. A lot of times when a person is spending erratically yes. in a marriage yes. where they're sabotaging the finances, a lot of times that's because they feel a lack of control in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so then they will sabotage by doing financial things um, just to make them feel better. And so I've seen that so many times in our work is that there's one spouse who will literally have a spending addiction, not a shopping addiction, because I know you all think i got a shopping addiction out there, but a spending addiction where they're just spending money in order to make themselves feel powerful and to the point where they're destroying the finances in the family and they're losing things. When that begins to happen, you must seek out help. Don't just settle for sabotaging the finances and think that's a normal thing. So um that's huge. You got to have a plan and you have to work the plan and where there's no vision the people you perish. perish. You got to have a vision for your intimacy, you got to have a vision for your finances, you got to have a vision for how you're going to communicate. You got to have a vision for your marriage. We have a vision for our marriage. And it's to love, educate and empower others as we empower ourselves. And so you got to realize that if you don't have that vision, then you're going to get lost. And that's one of the things that help us to do what we do. I can be out in ministry now because she understands that's my purpose. And I don't have to drag her with me everywhere we go because that's my purpose and she has a part of that purpose but not to the extent. We both play different positions and if we're both playing the same position, another position will be left undone. I thank God that my wife... Would we'll be at home, taking care of the kids, taking care of the stuff that I can't do, and I may be able to go travel here. She don't always have to go with me, although y'all see us a lot together in our city or when we go places, but we don't do it by because we have to, we do it because we want to, and so I think that's something else that's important. Back in your hands, Reverend Danzia.
2: I am floored. Y'all ain't y'all ain't gonna believe it, but I don't went on live and told people. Y'all better tune in. Do y'all hear this stuff? This stuff is so good. I don't want on Facebook Live while y'all. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! Oh. <laughs> Got people. Thought, this is so so good. <laughs> this is so good. I am. Okay, I have a lot of questions, but I need to get to some questions that people <laughs> ask first. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Let me just make sure we have a couple people on right now. Let me just make sure they don't want to ask a question, so let me just um, check in. So if you're dialed in, I'm probably going to unmute you. And um, if you don't want to say anything, that's fine. But if you hear me, I'm probably going to call the last three digits of your number because I don't know who you are, and then see if you want to say anything. So right now it's going to be last digits, one zero eight one zero eight and if you have a question you can come on live and just ask that question or make a make a comment about tonight. One zero eight, you're on. Hi Dancia
0: Hello, how are you? I'm good. Hey how I I'm good. I can listen to everything. And they are really cool. So I'm enjoying. listening. Sydney still working with our uh, God spirit in the desert. Ticket. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm excited about uh what you're doing in your ministry and I would like to thank the couple for touching up on um three major uh areas of marriage and that's communication, um and the and the husband talking about sex and how important it is to communicate in that area of your life as well. Uh, I don't know if you know, Sister Dance or Minister Dancy, uh, that that um, I've been married two years and uh, mm-hmm. it's my husband and I have been married for two years. We're 66 and 67, but um, we were separated for 46 years and so we we're one of those from way back, found each other and we got married yes. and we're here in two. Years. And so we're having a wonderful time. It's almost like we were never apart and I have an awesome husband who really um, cares about my feelings, what I'm doing. We both have a ministry together as well as we do our separate things, but most times we do everything together. And I'm enjoying working for God and in the ministry, just helping people. So I I tuned in to just listen and be a part and to support you and to hear these wonderful things that they had to say. But I'm very grateful to God. That My marriage is awesome. It's off the chain. I'm extremely happy. <laughs> and all of our areas is beautiful. We don't have great, great, great abundance, but God supplies all of our needs. I can truly say I've never seen the righteous forsaken. No, is seed, begging and bread. So we, you know, all right. everything is real. And I just want to share the good thing and get off. And so you can let somebody else talk because, you know, I'm a okay. house, girl. I I girl. Really, oh. Well, thank you, Sister Sam. And ahead, I love couple. you so much so grateful. You know, I didn't know you was a minister until, like, last week. I just know we met singing and talking and you just speak so well. And I was like, okay, God put all these powerful women in my vision with these words. And I just, all I can say is I'm still floating. Just floating. Okay, so.
2: Yeah, what a powerful time. I want to thank you for coming on. Poffa, did you want to say something? No? Okay. Thank you, um, Go
0: ahead. Oh no, I'm I'm just done. I just wanted to share in and, and thank them and continue to wish them all of the best and just to say my baby is thirty nine years old, so you know, I got grandbabies now. <laughs> but um God is really <laughs> good and I'm I'm overwhelmed. I'm just with his his goodness. So thank y'all.
2: Wonderful. Well, thank
0: you so much for
2: tuning in. We appreciate you, and I'm so blessed to have you as my sister. So God bless you, Sister Fran. You have a good night. All right. We have – did you want to say something, Apostle, about um, what she said? I thought I heard you say something.
1: Most definitely. It's such a blessing that, you know, the relationship is going good and continue to celebrate that. You know, one of the things that we do talk about is those stages. There's different seasons of marriage. And normally when you first start the game off, you're excited about the game and it's easy to overcome things. And so if you keep applying these principles, then you will be able to follow through and have that throughout a long-lasting relationship. But, you know, we always talk about forming, storming, norming, and performing. And the first phase is is forming, and everybody's excited about that forming. But then when the storm comes, you got to realize, and it will come. It may not be a crazy storm, Uh but some type of storm is coming, and you got to be able to manage that. I don't know how many people we've talked to that everything is good, everybody's happy, but if you really go deep, you'll find out that they're in a storm or they've been through a storm or they're ignoring the storm and they're getting wet and not doing nothing about it.
2: My, my, my. And I've been there. (laughs) And it's true. (laughs) Let me just um, release one more line. Um, Your number ends in 300, so 300. Did you want to come on and say something at this time? Number ending in 300, did you want to say something at this time? Awesome. Okay, so we're going to continue to move on. Um, some people are just coming in, just listening in. There's a lot of people, actually. <laughs> but um, I'm trying to be selective in how we're doing this and making it fair at the same time. So let's just go ahead. And one question that came in um, what do you think the biggest holdup um, in people in getting help in their marriage?
1: You know, I, I, I want to take this one, if you don't mind. Um, I think one of the biggest things is that we've always looked at is that taboo, and we feel like if we're getting help, then we're not being godly, that we failed. And sometimes people are so afraid of failing that they actually fail. Um, and so we have this also a stigma that because I'm in ministry, because I'm a Christian, I don't need any help. God is my coach, as the prophet was saying. Uh-huh. But a lot of times since we're not listening to God as the coach, then we need to go to one of his human coaches that speaks for him to get the help. And so I think, again, there's not only the myth of marriage, there's this myth that we're supposed to always act like it's okay, even if it's not. Oh, my.
2: Oh, my. Oh, my. Okay. Um, Now I have my own questions about that, and um, you've already taught them to me, but I want the benefit of others listening um, to that. But I want to make sure I ask these other questions um, before I go into mine. So what what have you noticed about people who say, it's not me, it's him, or it's her, they have the problem?
3: (laughs) The person saying it's not me usually has the problem. See, if we're really honest, if I will take care of me first, and the way I see my spouse, will I'll have a totally different perception of how I see him if I allow God to work on me. But as long as I can continue to say he has the problem, it's him, it's him. God's going to hold us accountable for what he's called us to do, not what we blame <laughs> our spouses for.
1: And I think when we say that it's them, it's really a cop-out, because if it's them, then I don't have to change. If she's the problem, I'm cool. I could be the way I am. But one of the things that I've learned is that God will still cause you, even if your spouse is doing something crazy, when Prophet was reading that scripture about how you can win them um, through your behavior, your conduct, so, even if your spouse is crazy, you have did I say crazy? I did say crazy. say crazy. you have the responsibility of shifting you so that it's no longer a problem, and so there were some things that you would bother me about my wife and until when I shifted me and stopped trying to shift her, yeah. the world changed now, yes, she was the problem, but I was the answer to the problem. y'all don't hear me in here. I had to fix me. <laughs> in order for her to not be my problem anymore. I wish I had some help in here. Next question. I
2: I was just, um, my mother has an awesome testimony about something like that in her marriage in almost um, about 30-some years. The last part, the latter years of their marriage, um, she decided to change in the area of how she was, because my mother's always been the breadwinner, and so, and my, not that my father wasn't there, you know, didn't support, but he—it was just, you know, she was the breadwinner of the family, and she was the one that was out in the public and singing and doing all this. But when the Lord shifted her, there was a part in their marriage. The Lord shifted her. That's when my father changed in his latter, I think, two years of life. He's the then it he changed, and then he said, "Honey." Go ahead and buy a house, and then when they bought the house, let me tell y'all, people of God, I don't normally tell all this information, but when they bought the house, and their his latter two years of life, they pay for the house cash. I want you to understand hmm. when 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 the when, when at least one of the people changes it in this case, then the other changed. It took time, but then they came together in such a way that God blessed them. To purchase a house, cash, and I'm not talking Absolutely. about no seventy thousand, hundred ten thousand dollar house now, y'all. And so it's amazing uh. when you just said that. What happens when we deal with ourselves first? And so I, I'm gonna say this, and this is me being transparent. You all here. You know there was a there was a time when um last year when my husband and I were struggling in our marriage, and these two different different ways of how they did it really helped me in my marriage but it wasn't about it wasn't about my husband it was about what I needed to do and I want you to understand I for the long time you know many of us are brought up. You know, no one belongs in our marriage but the husband and the wife. And I get that. But there's times, just like you both said, we need to go in that halftime, that locker room, and get some coaching. And so I had to get some coaching so I can get myself together, get the right plays in place so that I can go ahead and make a touchdown. Now I'm making touchdowns, let me tell you, and taking care of my husband's needs. You understand what I'm saying? You better go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I'm doing it to win in marriage together. I'm not trying to win battles. I'm trying to yes. win his heart. And so yes. it, it, there's a dip, I didn't see that a year and a half ago. Yeah, you, I know. I'm preaching and, you know, prophesying. I didn't see it that way a year and a half ago. Get some coaching, y'all. Get some coaching. It'll make your life so much better, so much better. Let me ask you that so question. Go
1: ahead. But let me just say this real quick. You don't know what you don't know, and we have blind spots, and that's why there is a coach to show you what you can't see. And even as a therapist, even as a minister and a god, I have to go get my coaching. I have to go see what I don't see in order to shift my perspective. And it was a challenge for me at first because when they were telling me what I needed to do, I was hot because I'm like, no, I'm a therapist. I know the problem. She's the problem. But once I fixed me, the problem we thought, how amazing is that?
2: My goodness. <laughs> okay, y'all heard it. Y'all heard it from him, right? All right. Don't say I did. I said it. He said it. <laughs> All right, two more questions. I have several, but let me, two more questions. And then I want to know what you think about a couple of things. Do you guys have a few more minutes?
1: Oh, we're here with you.
2: All right, awesome. So when is it too late to get marriage counseling?
3: It's never too late to get counseling. It is never too late to get counseling.
1: Even if you get a divorce. It ain't too late. And so we've had people who have came in with divorce papers signed and have put those, they, they were filing, didn't file or whatever, but God fixed that thing. And we know people who had walked away and came back. So it's never too late. If God ordained a thing and you still believe that it's ordained and you both know that it's ordained, it's never too late. And that's why I said, you got to see this thing as halftime. People think that this is the worst thing. There is no coming back from this. That's a lot from hell. You could come back from anything. I've seen it, I've experienced it. You can come back from anything.
2: Ooh, that just left me right there. And my mama said, You so right, you so right. <laughs> and she don't agree with the whole butt.
0: <laughs>
2: so, okay, one more question and then well, two more questions. Um so, so what so let's talk about some a couple that asked me this. They're getting ready to get married. So what should they look for in themselves, individual, just looking on the N word before getting married. Like what needs to change about them? Um what do what do they need to look for in themselves before getting married?
3: My answer to that is they have to ask themselves, am I whole? Mm. Am I a whole person? Am I if I if I never get married, am I good? Am I whole? Um my baggage? Have I dealt with uh, unresolved issues from my past? Because you want to go into a marriage both being whole, not two halves coming in to make a whole, but two whole people coming in to become one. Mm. And so you really have to look at, am I whole in myself? Or if I'm really honest with myself, do I, are there certain behaviors in my life? that um, I continue to dibble and dabble into because of an issue from my past.
1: Or do I got holes in my my life life. that I'm trying to get my spouse to feel? Feel. Absolutely. And if I just get married, things will be different. So you got to be whole. Like she said, two halves don't make a whole. Two halves make two halves. Woo
2: Oh my healing oh my. Takes, Royal, healing Royal, takes place mm.
1: in the context of relationships, and so here, know that there will never be a baggage free marriage, yes. yeah. but when you have an understanding of your baggage, then you can begin to dump it out and stop allowing it to interfere. so you got to be real honest, so I would okay. say to that couple, do an honest assessment. Don't get caught up in the fairy tale or the myth or how every, or what you saw on TV. But you need to do an honest assessment. Is better or worse really better or worse? Worse means you can have 15 affairs. That's worse. Oh, I know I just scared some people. What you need? 15 affairs? That's worse. See, y'all don't want to hear that. But better or for worse.
2: <laughs> we so don't, but, but you helping us.
1: Yeah, we got this myth of what worse means. Ooh. Worse means that if you turn the toilet paper this way or if you squeeze the toothpaste that way, nah, that ain't no worse. My okay.
2: mama.
1: Oh I'm my, just telling mama. you the things okay. that we help people through in their relationship. This is just hypothetical. People have literally walked through this, and you can stand up for your rights and say, I ain't dealing with that. I ain't got to do that. But you have to really be honest. What did God say about that marriage? Ask Hosea. Lord. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes,
2: the prostitute. Oh, Lord have mercy.
3: Now, let's talk about that just real quick. I want this
2: today. Lord have mercy! Oh goodness, I'm gonna let y'all go. Oh my goodness, um, so y'all listen to this story. This is so crazy and so wonderful. But God was glorified in Hosea's marriage. He had to send an, an, uh, an example of the love God has for His people. This so, so did Hosea, this off topic. Did Hosea's wife have a child out of marriage? Because it said the first child was conceived in in in, in prostitution.
1: Mhm. Mhm. Go ahead.
2: Oh my goodness. So, what's interesting about that? The Bible says, and um, he had a son. So even though she had a child out of wedlock, mm-hmm. not from her husband, God still said that was his son. And so you up. just said 15, 15 um, um, affairs, let me tell you, Hosea understood that, and but yet God said to still love her. And so guess what? You want authority in your territory, in marriage in particular, you need to have the love of God. And the only way you can do this thing in love is to have the Lord Jesus Christ in your life and get some counseling. I'm going to say that again. Get some counseling. <laughs> 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 because <laughs> we just need that. Okay, okay, okay. I'm sure I got off topic, but I, I, you said Hosea, that resonated in my spirit. So, okay. But, but okay. Reverend
1: that's that's so for real. Because there are things that will happen in marriage that God wants to use our marriage as an example of His love. And when I sit Ooh. in my office, when I sit in my office and I'm helping, t- I mean, hundreds of people, you know, probably thousands of people that I've helped, I can't help them. The reason, well, Let me say this. The reason that I can help them the way I do is because I've had to go through my own suffering. And I've had to not only Dang. give but experience. Let me hear you. I had to all give and experience the authentic true, pure love of God outside of who I was and what I did.
0: Wow, and so when I'm, telling, when I'm
1: telling somebody something, I'm not telling them just because I read it in a book. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 mm-hmm. it, 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 it's interesting. I'm going to say this. When 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 you see a person who's behaving the same way that you behave. Because of a very traumatic issue that happened in your life, and they do the same thing that you did in the middle of the session, like get up and leave because they pissed off. Now that I say that, I'm sorry on your broadcast, because they upset, (laughs) and you already did that, then you ain't got to figure out what's going on because you have a God that was touched with the things that we were touched by. He allows those who help to be touched by the things that we're going to help others with. Oh my! But we don't want to let it. God use us. We don't. We we think we don't deserve to let God use us because we deserve what what we want, not what God wants.
3: Woo!
1: And every marriage is not. And, and I'm gonna say this: every marriage is not supposed to live through that, because there is a level of abuse that God does not sanction. But you got to right. know what your work is according to God, not according to your fairy tale. Oh my goodness. When we say that Wait, the say one that thing way. I will
2: not talk
1: when we say we you got to know what it is according to God, not according to your fairy tale. And when you start putting in the atmosphere, the one thing I ain't gonna stand for it is that the one thing that's coming to Watch that be the one thing that's coming to challenge you.
2: <laughs> oh, you better know it. It is <laughs> it, God bigger than your one thing. Oh my goodness. All right. <sighs> okay. Um I feel like I just went through a counseling session. Um, <laughs> So bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Do you all have any last last words to share? And then I would like for either one of you to just close out and pray for marriages. Oh, my. Thank
1: you, Jesus. Well, I'm going to go first so you can pray. Okay.
0: That's
1: fine. So here's the thing that God showed me. If God can love us in all of our mess and God doesn't treat us crazy, in all of our sin and all of our disappointments, then why will we do that to those who He's called us to? Prophet? Mm.
3: Well, let's just close out in prayer. Our dogs are going a little haywire <laughs> right now. Father, we <laughs> just thank you and <laughs> we for marriages on tonight. We thank you that um, you love us. And you're teaching us to love one another the way you love the church and the way that you loved us. And everything that you went through in your life was an example for us to be an example for others. And I thank you for each person who's on this call on tonight that you will continue to bless them, that there is something that they heard on tonight that will enrich their lives and cause them to be better. And so we thank you, Father. We thank you for Reverend Dancia, for her diligence and her heart and her love for people. And we give you praise, honor, and glory tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus'
2: name. I want to thank you both so much. Um, I I can't express it. I want to thank you both so much, but I do intend to express it Um, for all that you have poured out for those who are I know there's some people that are struggling in marriage and who are tapped or are tapped in right now. Um, so yeah. I want to encourage you all, um, just take, if you take some of the nuggets and just pray that the God will help you with just a few of those nuggets and, and apply it, guarantee you, you're going to feel better. Even if it's not the other person, you will get better. I'm telling you what I know, not what I heard. I tell you what I've been through. And so it's so important just to take those things. I thank you both um, for tonight. Um, I'm honored to have you all in my life. And I don't, I don't, um, I don't, take it for granted who you are in the kingdom, in this city, and in my life. I don't take it for granted at all. Um, I want to thank
3: you both for being here.
2: Um, And with that said, we want to close out tonight. I just think this is one of the most awesome broadcasts I've ever had in three years, and I'll tell you that we want to win in marriage for real. Take some of those notes that have been shared on tonight and make sure that you apply it. Listen, I am your host, Reverend Dancia Jones-Morris. Thank you so much for joining Kingdom Authority Broadcast. Stay tuned. One of my childhood friends will be on next Sunday, and I'm telling you, he is winning in the body of Christ. Reverend Demetrius Colbert will be on with us, and he's coming out of Phoenix. I can't wait for him to be on. And you join us. Thank you again, Apostle and Prophet Tigny. You all have a great night. Thank you.
1: Thank you.